Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. We are looking at something in the Bible as we go on, which is um, accessing the riches of God, riches in in, in God's word, accessing the riches in God's word. Hallelujah. Now, see, the word of God is, there is, there are ways to even get, it is like, no, okay, the word of God is treasure. And I want you to know that whatever you can get for free on the floor is not treasure. That is why you cannot see gold walking on the streets and see gold on the, the day you begin to see gold on the streets, that is the day the value of gold falls. But when you begin to, when it's become, okay, like for example now, you're talking about your tablet or whatever thing you bought for uh, maybe uh, 1,000 pounds. By the time he produces, and by the time China helps you to produce it in, in, in large quantity, you discover that the price comes from 1,000 to whatever it is. So what, when the Bible talks about the word of God being treasure, it means that it is not something you can just stumble into. You can, you can read. That's why the Bible talks about that the secret things belong to God. The secret things belong to God. But before I, I begin to dive into that, I want to, first of all, let us understand one thing. And I'm discovering it more and more, even in my life as I go on. Is that Christianity is not a lazy man's religion. You cannot be lazy and be a Christian. You will not last as a Christian. So, the, the, the Bible says in, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse, verse 3, it said, Therefore, you must endure hardship as a soldier of Christ. People say, I am a soldier of Christ. No, the Bible says you endure hardship, proper hardship as a, as a Christian. Colossians chapter 4, verse 12, says that Epaphras, who is one of you, a bond servant, greets you, is always laboring in prayers. Now, laboring, there is, as a Christian, you are called to labor. You know when somebody is laboring, is not, you can't be, you, you know, that means that he is doing something with intensity. So the Bible says he was laboring in what? Prayers. Let's go to the next slide. Now, first Timothy said, he said, let the elders who rule, who rule well be counted worthy of double honor. Especially those that labor in the world. 
and in doctrine. He said, for the Bible says that a laborer is what, so that means if you are not a laborer, you are not entitled to anything. But please note, as I would begin to dive into this even more deeper, he said there is laboring in prayer, and there is another labor in the word. Most of the time, let's go to the next slide now. When I ask you who is a laborer, who is laboring? When we are talking about laboring, what, do you, what comes to your mind? This one or that one? This person. So most of the time when we read the Bible, when it talks about labor, that's why I laid emphasis on the sec second one. We talk about physical laboring alone. But laboring in the world, is, so that means as a Christian, you labor physically by fasting and praying, and there is another kind of labor that is expected of you. You labor mentally in the world. You labor mentally, Lord. Can I go to the two slides after this? Next one. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Leticus, let, if, you, if you read, uh, let, it's not up there. Don't worry. Leticus says something that, you know, when, you know, when Jesus died, he was following a pattern. The death of Jesus was in a pattern. The death of Jesus was in, was in a particular pattern. What I mean was in a pattern is that, okay, like when Jesus died and they wrapped him in white clothes, why he came out and he raised up his hand, there are all significant reasons. When you read Lepticus, well, when you read when, they, when, they, when the, the high priest, when the high priest finishes and he, he kills the animal, when he comes out, he comes out stretching forth his hand. So all those things are biblical. Now, one thing that's also biblical that I would share with you is that in Leviticus 16, 17, talks about that the blood must be spilled seven times. There shall be no man in the tabernacle of meeting. Yes. When he goes into him to make atonement in the holy place. When he goes in to make atonement in the holy place. Until he comes out. Yes. That he may make atonement for himself. Uh-huh. For his household, yes, and for all the assembly of Israel, mm -hmm. and he shall go out of the altar, yes, that is before the Lord, yes, and make atonement for it, mm -hmm. and shall take some of the blood, yes, of the bull, uh -huh. and some of the blood of the goat, yes, and put it on the horns of the altar all around, all then around, vasculum. Okay. Then he shall sprinkle some of the blood on it with his finger. Yeah. Seven times. He shall sprinkle the blood on it seven times. Jesus shed his blood seven times as he went to Calvary. There are seven times when Jesus shed his blood before he died. May God help us in Jesus' name. The question, why I'm pointing, I'm pointing at something is that at what first position did Jesus shed his blood? 
Where was the first place he shed his blood? When he was born. He wasn't going to Calvary then. <laughs> Jesus shed his blood first at Gethsemane. When he was praying. When the Bible says that when he was praying, his sweat became like blood. I'm going with I'm going here with something. The first blood of Jesus that was shed at Gethsemane. The Bible says that he was praying. Now Jesus has been praying. But at this point in time, that's why the Bible says that he prayed with more intensity. Science will tell you that when you get to a point and you are, you, there's a point that you are emotionally charged and your brain is, cannot really take anything, your veins will begin to pop and blood will begin to come out. So when, the, what I'm trying to say to you is that the first move of Christ was a mental labor first at Gethsemane. Because it is in your soul that you determine your will. That's why Jesus was saying, not my will, but your will. The Bible says, even pray. So, he was, he was praying. He was emotionally charged. And the, brain, the, the veins began to pop. And the blood began to mix with his sweat as he was coming forth. So what am I pointing towards is this. Is that there is the physical labor which is a must for every Christian. But the challenge is that the mental labor which the Bible requires of Christians, we say less about it. We say less about it. Why? Because when we picture labor, we see the first person that we see is the person that is carrying luggage. Do you know that at times if you, if you, you know there's some, um, you know, there's some work that you would do and <laughs> you prefer to go and carry load when you are, when you come out of, of some meetings or you are trying to find answer for something. I don't know if it has ever happened to you at work. You are, <laughs> you know, at times I, I finish a work on some times and you know, you, <laughs> you don't even know which part of the world you are in. <laughs> because, because your brain is, is, is sweating. That brain is laboring to the point where you just say, I just want to step out of this room. <laughs> and, and I'm talking to you, Sazamad. As I'm not saying that it's, please, I'm, not, I'm just saying that there are different kinds of labor. I was a postman. I carried stuff. It is labor. And there is also another kind of labor. 
that, you know, people don't understand. They say, what have you been doing? Just be sitting down all day. But actually, you prefer to go and carry luggage. <laughs> that because at least you know that. So what I'm actually trying to point out is this, is that it's interesting to me that when Jesus came at Gethsemane, the first part of his journey was to be mentally prepared for what is ahead. Because that is where the labor starts from. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. You see, as this, as we go on, even the Bible says that is, he said, he said, in the last day, he said, knowledge shall flow, shall cover the heart. So what Jesus, the Bible even says, the book of Daniel says that as the, the age continues, knowledge would be on the increase. So that means that as you intensify your physical labor in the place of prayer, you must intensify your knowledge, your, your labor in the place of knowledge. And at times that is the most difficult part. You know, I don't know if you, if you see some children, they will tell you, no, well, maybe you are, if you are born, you don't understand. But, yes, but in Nigeria, you know, they would, there are some things that you say, I prefer them to beat me. I will feel the pain, and that's it. But there are some, <laughs> there are some beating that, you know, you'll be crying. And people say that, ah, they are not beating you. They say, I prefer them to beat me. Why? Because you, you, you <laughs> no, because the beating one, you may not understand. You know, there are laws here that say, don't be charged. But, you know, <laughs> Mm, and, and thank God for my mom. My mom specialized in beating. <laughs> it was in my our house that I first of all knew what's called first aid box. <laughs> when, so she's not, when she wants to beat you, she first of all put out the first aid box. So now you know that it's not, it's not a problem. <laughs> so that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, of my seat. Then she will go and put on a trouser. And she will call you into the room. She's come and pick something. <laughs> By the time you go and pick something, she locks the door. When you, she has, a, 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 a room is very big, so she has a mattress. Once you lift that mattress, under that mattress, there are different size of different versions. You may not understand what I'm saying. From Pankere to Aturi. Yes, all those different styles. So, and when did she finishes, she will now sit you down. Carry iodine. And start to administer so when I see my younger ones now, the, the twins, I'm like, ah, you guys did not meet. You, you, met, you met a very, now she's like, ah, stop that. I say, eh? <laughs> In our days, stop that. Okay, you, you will hear stop that. <laughs> you will hear stop that. God bless, God bless her in, in Jesus' name.
you know, you, 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 you would think that you'll go and sleep. You think that you'll just come and wake you up in the middle of the night. Come. <laughs> so you know that, you know, you, know you, you first of all go out, you play, you play, so you forget. So it's in the middle of the night, so you come and wake you up. So you, so you know, so you're entering, you know, you're entering. <laughs> entering the lion's head. God help us in Jesus' name. Now, just after that, please. He says, this man said, he said the 21st century illiterate, the illiterate of 21st century, will not be those who cannot read or write, but who, who those who cannot learn, unlearn what they've learned and relearn. The challenge is not going to be that you cannot read or write, but because you are so adamant on what you know, See, one of the challenges that the, uh, the Pharisees had when Jesus was alive was that they found it difficult to understand that the God that they've been worshipping in the tabernacle all their life is now walking on the streets. See, you can read about the Pharisees in the scriptures and condemn them. But actually, if you, if you were alive, you would have the same problem. Because like how you said that the, the God that when he spoke to, to Moses, he, he just spoke out of thunder. He's not the one walking on the streets. You'd be like, excuse me, I don't understand what's going on here. God help us all in Jesus' name. So, as we go to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, don't worry, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, it says, it says, by which has given us exceeding great promises, that through this, this promise, which is the scriptures, we may partake in the divine. So what I'm trying to say to us is this, is that in the word of God, there is the ability for you to be transformed. But if you are not ready to engage your mind to the point where you are beginning to acquire knowledge and beginning to develop what you know, see, when the spirit of God speaks to you, it drops an idea in your mind. It is your responsibility to build it up to the point where, where, you, where, where you can take it into another level. Does this make sense? That is why God may give you an insight for whatever it is. If you are not going to go and acquire knowledge to develop that thought, to a level, you only carry vision forever. Psalm 119, and I'm going to read the message Bible. Psalm 119, verse 1 to 9. He said, Every word you give me is a miracle word. That is the scripture, Psalm 119. I'm reading the message, message translation. He said, how could, I, how could I help but to be? He now said, break open your words and let the light shine out that the ordinary man may see the meaning. What he's saying is that inside, except, God, except the word of God is broken into, the miracle that is supposed to produce for you will never do, it would never happen. It would never happen. Acts chapter 8. 
No, no, we're just going to ask for it. Now, there's this Enosh man. He went to the temple. They taught them the book of Isaiah. The Bible says that, and so Philip ran to him, and he had him reading the prophet Isaiah, and he said, do you understand what you are reading? Now, he did not say, are you reading? He said, do you understand what you are reading? And the man said, how can I understand unless somebody guides me? See, there are things that God is bringing you into except you begin to seek guidance. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about guidance in terms of acquiring more knowledge. Somebody had, he has one of, um, one of the, um, God has helped him to grow a lot. He had a revelation about God calling him to minister. And God spoke to him according to him and according to the writings. Uninterrupted revelation progress for 16 hours. If God speaks to you for 16 hours, direct, uninterrupted, you will pack your bag and say, yes, we are going. After 16 hours, he spent three months, locked himself up, bought books of people who have been in ministry. At a time he came abroad, his wife said, what did you buy for us? He opened the three luggages that he had. Opened all the three. It was books that filled everything. He read it from page to page before he went into ministry. Today, the difference is clear. In those who had, I said, oh yes, I know I had God. There is no, there is no research. There is nothing. They've not, they've not developed themselves. They've not asked any kind of question. Now, you know, the Bible says in Luke chapter 24, Luke chapter 24, verse 45, he said, he opened their minds, he opened their understanding that they may comprehend the scriptures. Now, Jesus has been talking to these people. There is a difference in, in reading. See, the Bible says that, I don't know if I have it, the Bible says in Proverbs, the Bible says that God has established the heaven. Sorry, it's the Bible says God created the heart in his wisdom, but he has established the heavens with understanding. Which one is more settled? Heart or heaven? Heaven is already settled. Why? Because he has moved from the place of acquiring knowledge into understanding. The difference in, in how well you can extract what God is saying is how well you can sit and meditate, look for
four further answers on it. I don't do this quite often, but I would, I will try to explain it that way. The Bible says that this book of law. You know, one thing when I first of all read that scripture, one thing that came to mind is this: God is speaking to him, and God said, "Go and read the book of law." Why did God not say, "I am pouring everything in your head; don't worry, you just carry, carry on." He said, go and read this book of law. What was the book of law to them? What Moses wrote? I was talking to someone, I don't know if it was last week or during the week. And I said, it's interesting that after the Spirit of God speaks to people, he refers them to the Bible. The Bible that some people sat down to look at the Greek and interpret it and find, you see all the versions that you read, some people spent their life to discover it. Yet, after God speaks to you 34 hours, he will refer you to what some people have studied, understood, tried to find more time, build it from one level to another. That shows you where God places your contribution as a human to have, to seek knowledge, to increase yourself from one level to another. So when you say, you know, all that is, God is just giving me, giving me, giving me directly. And there is no, there is no time you are sitting down to say, we need to. See, at times, you have people that make difference. At times, it's only one dream that they had. And they will spend their whole life. I don't know, I was, I think, I'm, the medication that we take, um, whatever medication it is, I think from the day it was conceived to the day you begin to take it, it's, I think, about maybe six years or so, or maybe more. So on the average, Panadol that you take, before they can, from the point of conception, to the point where it reaches the market at times six, eight years. But I thought it's not just that. You didn't just because people be taking poison. I hope God, God helps us in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus was laying emphasis on, on understanding how, how it is important that you begin to sit and acquire knowledge. Read. Get, get, challenge your mental state. Let's get to a point where, you're, where you are mentally sweating. Luke chapter 4. No, sorry, Mark chapter 4. Sorry, Mark chapter 4, 12 to 13. Jesus is talking. He said, Seeing, sorry, seeing that they may see and not perceive. Hearing that they may hear and not understand. Least they should turn and, I, and their sins will be forgiven. He said, I have said this to them. Sorry, I, I said this to them. To, do you not understand this parable? 
how then will you understand the parable of all? Please, if you look at what Jesus is saying here, the last point of, of, how do I put it now? You have seen, you have hearing. The last one, which is, which is what will turn the hand of God around, is the understanding. Every child that goes to school or that goes for exam read something. What determines who gets A and who gets F is the understanding. The Bible talks about Jesus in Luke chapter 2, verse 52. It says, And Jesus increased in wisdom, stature, and the favor of God, and in the favor of God. Amen. I'll, let me break this down to you so that we, we can see it that way. Wisdom, mental. Stature, your physical body. Favor with God, spiritual. Spirit. So for Jesus himself, he had to develop in all those three realms of a human being. When all you do, I, I laid emphasis on it, it is important. But when all you do is pray fast, there is no time you are sat down to say, you know, I, I, there is, because when you pray, and that's what the Bible says, call upon me and I will answer you. I will show you things. That, so what it does, it deposits the answers in your, in your mind. But you need now to develop it to the point where you can, it becomes a reality. David was one that was quite that was quite unique about that. He said, "Through your through your commandments, Psalm 109, verse 98 and 99. He said, "Through your commandments, you have made me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding by my teachers." See this this what I'm. Back to what I, what I was trying to say in, in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. It says, meditate on this and in there you may have good success. So God is saying, you know, I know you can hear me, but I need you to sit down and meditate. And from inside it, the level of your meditation is what determines your success. How well you can develop your understanding is what determines what will happen to you. The word meditation there is the let me leave that aside. But there is an Hebrew word for it. But let me just tell you what it means. It's a word that is used when you, when you describe, you know, you know when you, when um, a camel hits, sorry, when a camel hits, they call them, I've forgotten what name they call them, I've forgotten the name now, what they do is that they can, a camel can drink, you know, you know one of the um, animals that drink most are camels. And they hit most. 
But what they do is that when they settle somewhere, they are hitting as they are going on. When they settle at a place, they regurgitate. That's why you can see a camel sitting down or, um, what's it called? Um, a sheep. Yes, I say. You can see them sit down somewhere and they'll be chewing. You'll be like, what are they chewing? What they are chewing is what they hate. So they have a system whereby they pull it back out and they begin to hit it again. What the Bible talks about meditation is that after you have had read, you will get to a point where you pull it out, chew it again. It goes back in. You pull it out. It so when God said, you shall meditate on it day and night. You know, at times, it is good that God keeps showing you things. But at times, you get to a point it's not of any benefit to you. Because you've not had time to let it settle. That is why you can say 10 things that God is calling you to do. And there's none of it that you have achieved anything else. Because it takes time to build. It takes seeking knowledge, knowing more about it before you begin to take off. Daniel was one man like that. Please understand that Daniel is one of those that saw the great, one of the, the greatest revelation that speaks even to the years to come. In fact, you can say that one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament, it may not look like that, was Daniel. And he wasn't ordained a prophet. Because he saw the book of Revelation quite accurately. In fact, we talked about it some weeks ago, some months ago, even the breakup of EU that you are seeing now, Daniel prophesied it. We discussed. I showed. I explained it to us in church. I, I said Daniel prophesied it. That's how deep Daniel was. But see what Daniel said in Daniel chapter nine, verse two. He said, "In the first reign, sorry, in the year of his first reign, I, Daniel." understood by books. Angels were speaking to him. But he said, my understanding. See, when later on you will see that Michael will come and give him more understanding. But what was pushing the first one, the more he studied, the more he carried things and began to go deeper and deeper. God was revealing things to him. If you go to the slide before, 2 Timothy, this is Paul. Paul was talking, he said, bring my cloth, cloth, that is the garment. I left with carpet at Taurus. He said, when you come, bring the books, especially, so that means that you can forget everything. 
but especially parchment. What is the difference? Let's just say that one is closed. What's the difference between books and parchment? This one is getting from other people's knowledge. This one is already interpreted to his understanding. I can buy their books later, but you know, I have labored enough. <laughs> See, my study materials don't, don't. And this will explain where we are today. As in the body of Christ. People will forget their notebook. And take it like a home. <laughs> he said, the cloth that I have, all those things, it doesn't matter. But especially my parchment. That is where when I study and I begin to gather information that I use to go on, that, is, that, is, that thing is also valuable. And you will see that that is why. Okay, let me just step over time. Let, let me just step, uh, take a step back and just see why this is important for us, even as we go in this generation. The Bible says the Jews seek signs. The Gentiles seek knowledge, but we preach Christ. Why do you think God sent Paul to the Gentiles and said Peter? Because Peter, when until an angel appeared to Peter, say, "Come, make sure you do this thing. Make sure you hit this food. Make sure this and this. Don't call what, what when he was calling us. He said, "Okay, yes. Ah, God has spoken. Let's go." But when Paul was going to speak to the Gentiles, they said, no, there is too much book in your head. What is wrong with you? And when Peter was going to talk about Paul, he said, Paul, with the abundance of revelation, he said, he speaks in another level that we cannot understand. That's what Paul, Peter spoke about Paul. Peter God said, you know, I, and we you know, when, when, <laughs> it became only to Wayato. Why? Because it takes time to study. It takes time to acquire knowledge. It doesn't just go and say, yes, I'm, I'm, yes. Peter did exploit. But guess what? Half of the New Testament, 50% of the New Testament was written by Paul. I guess where Paul got it from. Paul was trained by Galileus. If you know anything about the Roman, the Roman, um, the Jewish um, kid, Galileus is, is one of the most, I don't know how to put it, but you know, in Nigeria, it's as if they say that you have been trained by Ganifawen. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know who, who here, uh, expert on I don't know who, who. <laughs> 
So you can uh, relation I don't think they know relation No, no. They don't, you know, amen. Yeah, I don't know who's European. I say come come Shakespeare. When you are being when when what I'm trying to say is that it was Galileus was when everybody when Galileus entered a place, in fact they called a place the school of Galileus. When he, that is the way where you debate at the highest level. He was personal, he's the one that personally trained Paul before Paul met Christ. So Paul was used to that lifestyle that, you know, it's not just God spoke to me. You, you take time to build. And he showed in their ministry. We may have survived and tried in a generation or in a community that seeks signs. Where nobody wants to know, you know, just... Um, I don't know if you know about Samadiemi. Have you heard Samadiemi before? He said something which, is, which I felt sad about. He said, he was telling God one day, he said, when I look at Samadiemi's books, sell far in the Western world. Most of all those multinationals abroad. In fact, when it comes to Europe to do conference, by, by leadership and things like that. He said, he was telling God, but God, my heart is in my country. Why is it that I cannot make a lot of, I know I make, but I should not be making so much impact abroad and not in my country. And I said, God said, that one is easy. I just give you the opportunity to be able to do miracles. You would give it. Over here, it is miracle. Over there, it is knowledge. <laughs> Which is very sad. So God said, you will fill stadium like that. Just do two miracles. Shh, the whole place is filled. There is a balance in the two. I said to someone, I said, one of the challenges is that, yes, I believe, see, I, we pray and God will continue to protect us. See, but at times when you say Oshubababa and things like that, and you don't repair Lagos Ibadan Express Road, and you say that some people are putting pots there to drink blood, I'm not saying they don't, but traffic has increased during the new year, in the first period. Your drivers, the, the public transport drivers are drunk. What do you expect to happen? The road is bad. What do you expect to happen? Yes, I'm trying to say. So we pray ourselves into stupidity. We, we, God, see, I'm just, see, <laughs> that is why a child asked me a question one day at New Covenant, a very small boy. He came, I think he went to Nigeria, he came back, he, he was watching, his parents were watching something on TV, and he asked me a question. He said, why is it that in Nigeria, there are so many churches. They have the largest. I was watching. I went to a place with my dad. I think we were at the camp. I was scared. There were so many people. He said, but there is the poverty there is, is, is at a very
very dangerous level. He said, but here, we don't have churches that much. And people are okay. A small child. Then I had to refer to him. I said, you know, those who built what you see in this country are Christians. Whatever you see working in this country, even the welfare system was built by Christians. It is just that we are now practicing a Christianity in Nigeria where God help us in Jesus' name. You know, someone was saying that, you know, which is the truth? I'm not here to, but I'm just saying how my heart feels at times. Because that's why at times, you know, when you see people, they are always, they are laboring on one part. And they are not moving forward in the other part. Why? Because we are concentrating on one part of labor. We are concentrating on one part of labor. My time is fast spent. Hallelujah. Amen. So I'm just going to read. One thing I will say as I close this is that if you are not willing to unlearn, you are not ready to know. The Bible says the meek Psalm um, Matthew chapter 5 verse 5. Let's go on. I'll skip quite a lot. It's, yeah. It says the meek shall inherit the heart. What is the meek? The teachable shall inherit the heart. And how would they inherit the heart? If you go to Psalm 25, he said, he said, the humble or the meek will he guide in his justice. And the humble will he teach his ways. Humble is not, humble is having a teachable heart. Being prepared to say, I know this thing, but guess what? I need to relearn what I've learned. Or else, you may be stuck. Let's go to Second Corinthians as we close. Um, God, why? Okay. Um, the ways you think will be different. Okay. Now, the Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. That means as a Christian, there is already a mind you have in you that is of Christ. But later on in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, he said, do not be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing. So, you can have the mind of Christ to know a lot of things. But if you are not working on that mind to keep renewing it, checking what you know, and asking yourself, why do I know, why do I believe in what's in this thing? And begin to renew your mind. Begin to renew your mind. You will just have the mind of Christ. You will not be effective for anything. Because all you are doing is that you are stuck to one thing. It says the illiterate of this generation will not be those who cannot read or write, but will be those who cannot learn, unlearn, and relearn.
you know, I don't know, I used to speak to, maybe I must have mentioned it to a couple of people at times. Was it, I must have spoken to um, uh, different people, maybe Mr. Laoli, or any other thing. I used to time, I said, you know, I, I don't know who I was talking to. I was, I was listening to something a couple of weeks ago. I was, I, was, I was listening to a book, you know, audio book. So, see, life has made it easy. Some of us cannot, you know, we did not leave but I easily go to school. That's what we read. But you get what I'm trying to say, but you can now listen as you are going. I listened to something. I was at work. I was at my workplace. You can, you are permitted to, you know, as long as it's not heavy, it's not a big, um, but I think it's like that. I was listening to something. I had to pull it off my ears and I just went to the toilet. Because, you know, when you, <laughs> when you're, when you hit something and your brain is pushing it by saying, no, this is wrong. Well, you know it is, you know, because when I, when I say your brain is pushing it back, because of the way you have been, you have known that thing, you now see something, you first of all, you, you will be struggling inside of you. See, my little knowledge, mass and sir, if you are not gotten to that point, where you are seeing something, ah, where, how come I did not see this thing for this long? And your brain begins to, begins to, you have not yet got it to that point. Even in your career where God has called you to, if you are not got it to a point where you are, your brain is, 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 hit, is doing overheating, where you have to say, please, I just need you to stop talking. You haven't gotten there yet. You know, there are times, and I used to wonder at times, you know, at times when I'm going to preach somewhere, I would say to ourselves, you know, some people like, please, I'm not saying this is not of your long, this is bio. You know what I'm trying to say? But at times, and all to the glory of God, at times, I just say, like, I want to listen to news, I don't want to worship. She'd be like, ah, you voice, I say, no, no, I don't want to listen to worship. I want to, because you get to a point where, your brain is already doing overheating. And you just want something to neutralize it. Because you have learned so much and you think that if you, if you attempt to insert one more thing into your brain, you will explode. <laughs> Get to that point. And as we're going into, 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 into the prayers, I know we are because as our mom, mother will be leading us into prayers. You know, when we try to, see, it is good to have someone that has been going through that path. You see, there's some people who would show you books upon books of, and you'd be like, excuse me, but what, where did we start from? It was just God said, sit down. When did we now come to, how did we come to, but as you develop your mind, Please don't have the mind of God and just sit down. Acquire more knowledge. Push yourself. 
you will see that you will come into new levels that you will never imagine in your life. Don't ever, don't ever accept that, you know, I was, I was, somebody came to meet me one day. As I close, somebody came to meet me one day. Somebody said, um, I cannot give back. So she said, um, because she's, she can't see her period. So I have to tell her, I said, what do you want, period or child? She said, what do you mean? I said, no, <laughs> you're talking to me about period now. That is for your doctors. But what do you, you, go? what do you want? What am I trying to say to you is this. Don't, there is always an answer somewhere for the question that you are dealing with. That is why the Bible says that you shall know the truth. It didn't say Jesus will set you free. He said, and that truth will set you free. I believe, and it is wonderful, that we pray for the deliverance of people. But the book of Isaiah tells us that you will preach for the deliverance of people. What is he saying is what Jesus later said. You will get to a point, you will know the truth, and when, that, when you stand up out of that truth, you are free already. You don't need sessions of prayer. That's why Isaiah said, to preach deliverance. There's a time you get to a point, and it's not pride. I'm talking about pride now. To the point where you, where you, where you just, you know, you have gotten to a point where it is already overflowing out of your mouth. That is what Paul was doing when he was alive. It would take time. It would take time to study. Take time as a Christian. Separate time. God needs you to come into labor with him. You know, we read this scripture and, and Isaac sowed, how many of us have heard, and Isaac sowed, God said, don't worry, go out of Egypt. And the Bible says, and Isaac sowed and he reaped a hundredfold. Do you know what was, what was the issue with that, with that land before? Anybody can remember. There was famine in the land. When there is famine, what happens? There is no rain. Do you know how a land is? When there is no rain, it is hard. So when the Bible says, and he sowed, he did just sow. <laughs> Can you imagine him? Sealing the ground, his hand will be sore before he sowed. But we just read, and Abraham sold, and so Isaac sold, and he read the hundredfold. You think it's just by mouth they sold? Within the point of God speaking, and him committing seed to that ground, in the dry land, as a farmer, we did agriculture in school. You know, when I went, did dietetics, no matter what you did, 
If you are, whether you come and study God, study physics, study whatever, compulsory, DNS 101, you must do agriculture. Because they call it money. Uh, so if you, if you are in Ogu State, you must learn how to farm. So we have to do the farming. Amen. So within God speaking and you discovering your place or you're reaping your harvest, you must be ready to labor. You must be ready to walk both in the word and in prayer. Let's write this place. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.